gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 179 of the podcast that was originally recorded on October 1st of 2017. Some of the games I talked about this week, a little pack of games called Dig, a little Sherlock, some Yokohama Deluxified Edition, a little Evolution the Video Game, which I've had a chance to play, and I've also talked about a few of the things that I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. Welcome to episode 179. As always, you can send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild over there. We are guild number 2440. What I'm Playing Now is our guild name. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say on those. On Facebook, just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. Our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And on YouTube, you can subscribe to us at youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. All right, we are still in the midst of trying to get together the home studio put together. And that is currently in the works today. My wife is actually downstairs starting to trim out the one room and I will be going down there after recording this to finish painting the walls and hopefully we will get, we will be able to get everything moved into there and then actually start on putting a small studio together upstairs. So we're really looking forward to that. Hopefully we could get back to streaming more on Twitch, although I have been streaming one of the games I'm going to be discussing today on Twitch and I might be doing a stream this evening as well. So I will be tweeting out if I do have some time to be able to do that. But let's jump into what I played for the week under the What I'm Playing Now part of the show. And even though I was not able to make it down to my friendly local game store this past week, my wife and I actually took yesterday and pretty much did a full day of game, well, a full afternoon of gaming, we'll say. We didn't game all morning, but we pretty much gamed all afternoon. And we played some lighter games. We did get in one, I would say, medium weight game. But some of the lighter games we played were actually games that we had never played before, and they were they were really quite fun, I will say. One of the first games we played was a little game called Dig. This is part of the Paco game series from Perplexed, and they are games that come in a little, what look like a little gum pack. They're just little cards, and there's a lot of different games out there, and looking on their website, they have uh, two different sets of games, each one, I believe, has eight different games in it, so I'm guessing they have about 16 games in this whole series of Paco games, and I picked up the Dig one the other day because it has dogs, and of course, my wife and I are dog fans. You know, we're cat fans as well. We have three cats, a dog. When I saw the dog one, I was like, let's just try this. I wanted to try one because they're, my, my friendly local game store has them sitting up right by the register, and you know those impulse purchases. You know, I was like, five. I think they sell for five or six bucks. I was like, what the hell? Let me just pick one of these up. Let's just try one of them and see how it is. And I, both my wife and I were actually kind of impressed that the game was as fun as it was for as light and as small as it was. Although I will say Dig does take up a little bit of space and let's get into that right now. So in setting up the game of Dig, you're going to separate out the dog, the one dog house card and the four dogs. You're going to take the five dog bowls and then the 20 bone cards and shuffle those all together. You're going to put those next to to the left of the dog house. 
You're going to put all the players will put a dog above or below the doghouse, and then you're going to be able to start the game. What you're trying to do is you're trying to, I guess you could kind of say do set collection. There are five different colors of bones that are going to be out in the yard. On each card, there is going to be a kind of like a mound of dirt, you could say, with two scent colors above there. The scent colors will be one of those scents. One of those scent colors will be the bone that is actually on the back of the card that you're going to be able to score points for. So on your turn, what you're going to do, you're going to be able to take up to three actions. The things that you can actually do are you can move your dog to a different spot in the yard. You can actually dig up one of the cards, which is basically picking it up and putting it into your hand. Or you can actually drop if your dog is in front of a dog bowl, you can drop the appropriate color for that dog bowl with the bones you have in your hand and you can drop more than one at a time. Let's go over movement real quick because movement um, isn't very difficult. You can move up to four spaces per action based on the number of bone cards you have in your hand. So if you have zero bone cards in your hand, you're going to be able to move up to four yard spaces. If you have one bone card in your hand, you'll be able to move up to three. So each additional bone card that you have in your hand, you will move up to one less space. This is actually depicted on the doghouse card, which actually shows you where they show no bones, you're going to be able to do four with one bone, three, and it's depicted very nicely right at the bottom of the doghouse. Uh, to do a dig action, like I said, you basically just need to be over one of the dirt spots that's in the yard. You can pick that card up. You can only have three bones in your card at one hand. Whenever you pick up a card, you can actually place a different card or that card back down in its place, even if you don't have three. If you do have three, you have to put a card back down and you can put the card that you picked up, that you had just picked up. But even if you don't have three, you can still pick up that card, look at it, and then maybe you don't want it because it's not the color you want. You were looking at the two color of the scents that are there and maybe it was the other one that you wanted as opposed to you know, the one you were hoping for. So you can put that actual card right back down and you don't need to take it into your hand, which will, which won't slow down your movement or maybe won't clog up your hand if you're going for a particular color of bone. Like I was saying, also the other action is the drop action. You just need to be above the bowl. You can drop one, two, three, or however many bones you've collected of that color. I think there are only four bones in each particular color. That is pretty much the gist of the game. Whenever you do a dig action at the end of your turn, you're going to go to the far left of the yard. You're going to take the last actual card that is there and move it into the empty spot. If there are two spots, you will take that end spot, move that closest to the doghouse first, I believe it is, and then put the other one to the left of that. And that's pretty much essentially the way the game works. The way the game ends, once the yard has been completely dug up and all the cards have been in your hand and all five bowls are basically next to the doghouse, you're going to be able to go into end game scoring. The closest dog bowl to the doghouse is worth five points. And then each one to the left of that is worth one less. So you have five, four, three, two, one. All you do is count up the number of bones you have multiplied by the number of points each dog bowl is worth right now and that will give you your total score my wife and i were ending up with around mid 20 points i would say while we were playing the game but it was actually kind of fun there is actually some strategy to the game because as you're doing your movement and moving throughout the yard you're trying to figure out 
what bones you have the most of in your possession. You also try, want to try to figure out when you want to drop the bones down so your opponent can see what you're going for collection-wise. You're also trying to figure out how can I maximize my points by making sure that the dog bowl that will score me the most points ends up closest to the doghouse. And towards the first game we played, I don't think the yard was... I don't want to say optimized, but it seemed like we had several dog bowls that were closer to the house. So getting some of those points shifted around, we were kind of stuck because they were they were so close to the doghouse. There wasn't really a lot of room to play with in moving around some of the scoring. The second game, the dog bowls were more evenly dispersed throughout the yard. So getting some of those cards from the end of the yard all the way closest to the doghouse, there was a lot more strategy involved in there. And it was really interesting the way as we got towards the end of the game, we kind of kept messing with each other and, you know, taking, doing a dig action. And then maybe instead of moving the end card down into that action, maybe we would drop another card. So this way nothing shifted around. So there's a lot to do with timing in this game that I wouldn't have ever really even thought of, you know, in just looking at this little, what looks like a pack of gum, you know, for as much little bit of strategy as that was there, which I was really impressed with. So I'm definitely going to be picking up a few more of these Paco games because they're kind of fun. I want to say you could probably play these anywhere, but the yard in um, Dig does get a little bit big. Uh, considering you're putting all 20 of these cards next to each other, it does take up. You do need a little bit longer of a table. We were playing on a little card table, and it fit perfectly. But, you know, I don't know if this is something it'd be kind of tricky to maybe play this on an airplane um, on one of the trays there because my wife and I were talking about that. So you do need a little bit of an area to play this one in, but I'm sure you could probably swing this pretty much wherever you're at and just get this game in. It's a really late game. I'd say each game maybe took us 15 minutes or so. Maybe the first one took a few minutes longer because we were just trying to figure out, make sure we had the rules down, trying to figure out what type of strategy, strategy we had going on. I think the second game definitely flowed much better for us as we both really started seeing how the movement of bowls really could affect the end game scoring. So I think my wife and I split games in this one. Each of us won one. We'd only played two, but we both had a really good time with this one, especially for being a five or six dollar little game in a little pack that isn't going to take up much room. So it's also cute. The car, the art on the cards is kind of neat. You know, they kind of show you the dog. They have four different dog pictures. We really liked this dig game, and so I'm really looking forward to trying out a few of these other Pac-O games. So definitely, if you have a chance to check one of these out, definitely check them out. It's definitely worth the money. All right, after that, we jumped over to a game we had picked up a couple weeks ago, and we had not had a chance to get to the table yet, and that's a game called Sherlock. Sherlock is a game that is going to be akin to kind of like the... I spy type games where you're basically trying to figure out looking at two pictures and trying to see what the differences are between these two pictures. My wife and I love these types of games when you go to the bars and they have those machines that are sitting there at the bar where you can kind of play against each other and try to find out the differences. And as we're drinking, you know, we can try to see who can be a little faster or who's you know, maybe had a little bit more to drink than the other and maybe a little slower in trying to find some of these differences, but sure looks really interesting. You have you have 10 different numbered tent cards that are like these little plastic cards that are tent, tent shape. You're going to put those in a circle around the board. You're going to have three different stacks of tokens. One is going to be a green stack of tokens, which actually shows you how the two cards you're going to be putting down under the table are actually kind of like um, placed down on the table and how they're going to be set there. You have a stack of 
two victory point tokens and then a stack of one victory point tokens. I think the two are kind of like yellow or orangish. The one point is reddish. Basically, the game is very simple to play. In, in a two-player game, it was really easy for my wife and I to do this. You flip over one of the green tokens. That shows you the orientation of how the cards are going to be set on the table. You have a stack of these cards um, next to you. You're normally going to take the top one and set it onto the bottom of the deck just so nobody has had a chance to look at it to actually see anything beforehand. You're going to take the two top cards off of that stack, orient them on the table matching that green token, and then you pretty much just say go, and you each start looking at the pictures and trying to figure out how many differences there are or how many what the number differences are between the two pictures. The first person to grab one of the 10 numbers around the board is going to kind of signify the end of the round, I guess you could say, because after the first person takes it, everybody else has three seconds to actually grab the number that they think. So the way my wife and I were playing, I was usually always taking almost one less than her because I was seeing one less than her and I always should have taken one more than her because it seemed like she had always missed one and I, I might have always missed one or two. When you take your number... When each person has a number, that's going to kind of signify the end of that round. You're going to flip the cards over. You count the number of circles and the number of differences you are. And then you usually sit there and you talk about what each other you've seen and what differences that you had. And then you're going to go into scoring. If the person was, if one of the people were spot on with their number, so let's say if there were five differences and somebody took the number five card tent, then that person will get the green token. That green token is going to have three different Sherlock hats on there, and each hat is going to be a victory point. The name of the game is victory points in this one. And you're going to basically take that green tile if you got it correct then you're going to go to the scoring for the next tile, which is the one for two victory points. The person who was closest but under the number would get that. If nobody was closest or under, the person who got the green tile would get that. And then you're going to score the red token, which is going to be closest but over. And if nobody got, nobody was closest but over, then the person who took the green tile would get that. And there were a lot of times where, we were where my wife would get the green tile, I would get the next tile, but then since I was under and she was on, she would either get the red one or nobody would get the red one because we were both under and neither of us had been over. I would say there were only once or twice where we had either of us had really gone over the number actually. We were either usually one under or one of us was usually spot on. My wife and I, I think, are just pretty good at this game, and sometimes there were times where we were actually reaching for the same number at the same time, and there was one time I literally just about snagged it right under my wife's hand, and she just looked at me, and so she took the next uh, lower number, I think it was. It was kind of funny, but uh, it's, it's actually a cool little game. There are a lot of different cards. You're going to shuffle those cards up. Each game is going to be different because you're always going to have that stack of green cards in a different order as far as the orientation goes. And there's going to be 10 rounds to the game. So there's actually 10 of those green tokens. And once that 10th token comes into play and once that round ends, you're going to sit there. You're going to count up victory points. You count up all the different Sherlock hats that you have and whoever has the most wins the game. And I think this was another game where we played a couple of games and I think we each split one and one on that one. But uh, both of us really thought this game was kind of cool. It's a lighter game. You know, it's a game you can probably sit around and play while you're having a few drinks or so, which is something that we definitely like to do. 
but it was it's we both like that the the spot the difference type games and it's really interesting the way that they were actually able to turn something like that into a physical type board game and i have to say that it actually kind of worked out pretty good i mean the the instructions are only like three pages long i think there really isn't much to the instructions the green tile as far as the orientation that i was talking about it's really interesting because sometimes the orientation of the two cards will just be normal they'll just be right next to each other so to be really easy you kind of just start off maybe at the top of the picture and just go around clockwise and just try to see what the differences are with your eyes as you're scanning back and forth real quick where it gets confusing or a little trickier i guess i should say is some of the other orientations that you will have is you will have one card that's normal and another card that's upside down you may have one card you may have both cards where the feet where the bottoms are end to end so you're you know that gets a little trickier there is one other card that you're just supposed to kind of fling the cards onto the table and wherever they end up that's the orientation they end up so they could be you know, oriented and mixed around in any different way, which can even make it a little bit more trickier as you're trying to get your eyes to focus on two different cards that are oriented two different ways and just try to figure out what the differences are. And it was funny because on some of the cards as we were going around, there was usually always one item that I noticed that my wife didn't or that she noticed where I didn't, which we thought was kind of funny because it's really interesting the way your eyes pick up on different things. And sometimes you could overlook something that somebody was like, oh, that was the first thing I noticed. And then the other person's like, oh, I didn't even notice that at all. Some of the differences are very, very minuscule and very, very minute. They had like maybe maybe there's a knife where they have just the handle blade on one, but they actually have the full, you know, knife on the other one. Or maybe one component is the same, but maybe placed upside down. And depending on the orientation of the cards, it may look right on both cards, but then when you put them actually orient them properly next to each other, you'll see, oh, this one item was upside down and I didn't notice that because the card was upside down or something. So you really need to got to have, you really have to look closely at the two different cards as you're going through them, which makes the game a lot of fun. So we played that one a couple of times, had a good time with it. If you're looking for something, another light game, that's just a nice filler. Sherlock was actually a pretty good representation of those hidden type of games. And then after that, we pulled out one of the bigger games. I finally, finally got to play my Yokohama Deluxified Edition from TMG, which I was very excited about. I've talked about Yokohama quite a few times on the podcast before. This is a game that is definitely one in in my top 10 probably for the year easily, although I think I did play this last year, um, but I, I will probably include it in the this year's top 10 since that is when it was released in the U.S., but Yokohama is is a very, very good game. And I will say TMG did a spectacular just distribution and presentation with this whole Deluxified Edition. I mean, the components, the metal coins are awesome. My wife was even like, she goes, wow, she goes, these coins are just really nice. And just all the wooden buildings, the way the assistants are, little meeple figures, your president figure, which you had to put some stickers on, which... Wasn't the biggest fan of putting stickers on stuff, but I will say it actually does make the game look very, very nice. Everything with the game, I think this was the first time I actually played a two-player game of this, which was which was actually really interesting. I think it plays very well as a two-player game. My wife caught on very quickly, quickly to the game. I was very impressed with how good she was doing. I think she did way better than I did the first maybe time or two that I had played. 
I was trying to give her a few tips as we were playing through the game because I know there were a few things that I was a little confused on the first couple of times I played strategy-wise. So I figured since I had played it a couple of times, let me give her a few hints and tips of some of the things that I picked up and playing, you know, some of the bigger games that I played down at my friendly local game store because I think I've played Yokohama multiple times now. And every time I've had a really, really good time with it. And I was really excited when we finished playing and she goes, we'll definitely be playing this one again because she really liked it. Like I said, the components for the the deluxe edition are just spectacular. So Yokohama, if this is a game you have not had a chance to try yet, you definitely want to pick up Yokohama, find somebody that has it. You definitely want to play this game. It is just an outstanding game. And I can't say enough good about this one. This is one that I, I can't imagine not too many people not liking this game. After that, my Twitch channel has been alive for the past week, playing a little bit of Evolution, the video game. This is from North Star Games Digital Edition. They are actually doing a digital implementation of Evolution. I was able to get a key for this. I was talking to Melissa from North Star Games when I was at Origins. She was able to supply me with an actual key to play on Steam. And I will say, so far, I've really been enjoying the digital implementation of Evolution. You can only play against the computer AI for right now. They have three different levels of the computer that you can actually play against. And I will say that playing against some of the harder difficulties in this game is definitely more difficult. And you really have to watch what you're doing, watch your resources, and pretty much just watch your ass because the harder difficulties in the game, the AI that you're playing against, they will go more for a carnivore type route if they can, and they will just start attacking you mercilessly. It is just a lot of fun. So I may actually be streaming a little bit more, like I said, of this one tonight. If I actually have some free time this evening, if we can get enough of the this room finished during the day here and I can get a few other things done that I need to around the house. But Evolution, the the video game, there's just some really interesting things that they've actually done with the user interface as well. Whenever you play an intelligence card, you'll get a little monkey that'll walk out onto one of the little rocks there and kind of be sitting there while that intelligence card is in play. If you have the pack hunter, I think a trait on your card is what it is. You When you actually do your attack, instead of just one claw, that claw will break out into three different claws and actually do the attack. There's just a lot of different little visual implementations they've done in the game as far as animations go that really just kind of just adds to the game a little bit and just says, you know, it just makes it a little bit more like a video game, but it still has that base evolution board game feel, which is just a lot of fun. Now, the game is in early access. Well, I don't want to say early access. It's actually an early beta. So this definitely is not the final look that you'll see because I'm going to put the videos up on my YouTube page. It's definitely not the final look the way the game is going to be. There's going to be a lot more added to the game. This is just the first iteration of it. And the game is currently on Kickstarter right now. So if this is something you think you might be interested in, you definitely want to go check out their Kickstarter page. And I will definitely have that in the show notes here. I have that as the actual link to uh, the story in the game since it's not on BoardGameGeek because it is kind of a digital implementation of that. Evolution, I will say that North Star Games is definitely doing a very, very good implementation of this, and I've been having a lot of fun playing it. Even playing against some of the easier AI, you still really have to think quite a bit, and I can definitely do a lot better against the easier AI than the other night when I was playing against some of the harder AI, and I was 
definitely getting my ass kind of kicked left and right. And while I would think I was like doing really good there for a minute, there would be one turn where I would just let my guard down and didn't have any sort of defenses maybe on one of my species that I that I had maybe three trait cards on and I was like okay there's going to be some additional points we're close to the end of the game and one or two of my species would die I would lose all those cards and it'd be like oh that was a huge point swing for me and a big loss but uh, definitely going to be playing this game quite a bit more and can't wait to see some of the additional features and functionality that they actually add to this game because it is coming together quite nice I will say I'm I'm very impressed with the look of the game and the feel of the game and it definitely has an evolution feel to it uh, like I was saying they don't have the expansions in this one so it doesn't have flight it doesn't have uh, climate added into it it is kind of just the base game but I'm really interested to see what all gets added to this as they continue on through the development of this product and that is evolution the video game from north star games all right after that that was it for the week but we're going to talk about a few of the things that i want to play so one of the things that i actually just kickstarted i normally don't talk about a lot of things that i kickstart but this is one that i'm kind of really interested in because it seems like it's kind of getting a lot of buzz and i really don't like jumping on the hype or the bandwagon for anything like that but in watching a few different videos and reading about a few things about this game it does actually look really interesting and even though it is co-op I'm going to try to twist my wife's arm to actually play this one. If not, it does have a solo component to it, and I will be playing it solo. Hell with it. I really want to try this game, and that's The Seventh Continent. I was watching a little bit of Rado's run-through the other day, um, and I know that's been up there for quite a while. I just This was a game, since I had heard it was co-op, I really wasn't in, too much into it. But the more I started reading about it, and with the second Kickstarter coming around, I said, let me actually look at this and see what it is. Being almost like a choose-your-own-adventure, which I think I've talked about on the podcast before, are games that I grew up with, the, the books, playing a lot of those different books and everything, and me being a big RPG fan, this just seems something like that would be a hell of a lot of fun, so I'm hoping that I could get my wife into the story of this one, and maybe we can play this one a little bit. If not, like I said, I will definitely be playing this one myself, but I back this one. I'm going to go pretty much all in. I think the only thing I might not get for this are, is going to be the sleeves. I'm not too sure if I want to sleeve a game like this. Um, we'll see. I'm kind of torn on that one because that's definitely going to almost double the damn price of the game, but um, especially for the sleeves that they have on the Kickstarter. So I'm, I'm kind of torn on that one, but I'm definitely going to go in for all the different probably add-ons and everything that they, that they throw into this game right now. So that will probably be a good birthday present that my wife is probably going to be getting me with that coming up soon. After that, in looking on Board Game Geek, I noticed that Small World is coming out with another expansion. It is called Sky Islands. This one sounds interesting. It seems like it is a three to six player expansion. So I'm definitely going to have to maybe get this one and then take it down to the game store and play it. Because my wife and I haven't even played the last expansion that we picked up for Small World, which I want to get to the table now. The Sky Islands looks kind of interesting. There's going to be some areas on the board where you're going to be able to travel up some stairs or up a beanstalk or something like that and actually get to these areas that are off the board that you're going to be able to try to take control of. That sounds kind of interesting. It almost sounds like just some secondary boards are going to be added for some secondary areas uh, for area control to try to take get some points on for that one. Pandemic Rising Tide sounds kind of interesting. This is another pandemic release. You're actually not fighting viruses or any sort of disease in this game. You're actually trying to stop the waters from kind of destroying a city by creating four of these hydraulic devices that will basically stop that. was reading a little bit about that one on Board Game Geek, and that one has me intrigued a little bit. 
I definitely want to try this one at my friendly local game store before picking this one up as I really haven't gotten had a chance to to get my wife into Pandemic yet. Uh, she Whenever she sees the game, she's like, eh, she kind of wants to play something else. So maybe if I can get her into Pandemic, maybe she would be interested in possibly this one. I'm not too sure if this is going to be up her alley or not. So this may be one that I'm going to be playing down at the game store with a bunch of the guys down there. Um, after that, one of the other Kickstarters they actually did back this past week is the Network's Executives. Uh, the Network's was a game from Gilhova, and this was one that was on my top 10 last year. I really liked it. I thought the whole comedy aspect of the game, building out a station uh, with you know where you're programming the different programs and you know the shows that are going to be on network television and just the spoofs that they did on all of the different shows that are that have been out for years and sitting there as you're going through the game and trying to figure out what show they're talking about and usually laughing at the spin they put on it the executive just sounds like a really fun expansion he has coming out for this one so this is another one that I'm really looking forward to and I actually did kickstart so I actually did I'm backing a couple of things this weekend I noticed that I actually have several Kickstarters now that I've been getting back into, and I tried to pull myself away from Kickstarter lately, but uh, it just seems like I just kind of jumped right back in, especially with some of these newer games that just seem to be hot and popular right now that you know I kind of just want to get to play and just get it before everybody else, so that's why I'm just jumping in on the Kickstarter. So we'll see how the network's executive is. I have a feeling it's going to be a lot of fun, and it should add to the base game quite a bit. Other than that, those are the games I played for the week, and those are a few of the things that I wanted to play. Thanks for joining me. As always, you can send me some emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild over there, guild number 2440. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G, like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And on YouTube, you can subscribe to us there at youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. All right, everybody, until next week, you know what to do. Go play some games and then let me know what you're playing now. Until then, have a great week gaming, everybody, and I will talk to you later. Thanks for joining me. Bye-bye.